0: there in psalm 110 we're going to look at one verse in john 18 i was thankful kimberly worked so hard this weekend so we could have services sunday and then everything kind of reset itself and mike and karen texted me this morning said we're able to help can we come do anything i said sure i'll tell you what it is after you get here (laughs) and they labored for hours and cleaned everything and still a little bit of work left to do but uh so i could study and i told him i thanked him at the end i said i feel so guilty i mean i've done those kinds of jobs but i feel so guilty like you just had a horrible job and i gotta sit and read the word of god and i think he gave me a message it's this one is better than bullions uh it's good to me and boy if he'll teach us something it's gonna be good to you too you're gonna to be happy i'm gonna to have to set a real big table before we eat dessert i'm gonna to have to look at a lot of things to to get to the point, we're going to turn some, but I, I pray this will be a blessing to you. The title, uh, a few people preach from this verse, so I didn't steal nobody's title. Same Brook, Different David. If you keep track of titles, it's a good thing to write down. Same Brook, Different David. It says here in John 18, verse 1. John 18, verse 1. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, what words? Everything we've been reading for a couple months now. He just prayed his high priestly prayer concerning the redemption of his people and the keeping of his people. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook, Cedron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. Just one one text, one verse. So easy to read over those things, isn't it? That's the gospel laying before us. Jesus had spoken. He went forth with his disciples. Who was with him? His disciples were. They went over the brook Cedron to a garden. He entered into the garden. And his disciples. Well, didn't he just say he was with his disciples? Yes, that's important too. There's no idle words written in these scriptures. We may not have the insight that the Spirit has blessed us to understand what they are, but nothing's idle. This will be precious to you, I believe. We're going to spend the bulk of our time in 2 Samuel 15, if you want to turn there. 2 Samuel 15. Throughout the scriptures, there's a lot of types of Christ, and sometimes there's anti-types we looked at that with abraham when he went down to uh down to egypt everything he did was opposite of what the lord did uh, a, a pattern of what not to do sometimes there's types and sometimes there's anti-types it's the opposite and sometimes it's real not clear it's really not clear it kind of goes back and forth uh, joseph's a wonderful type of christ uh benjamin's type of the church in a few verses and judah's a type of christ and he's a type of me and We'll see this here with David. David walked across that brook that our Lord had just crossed over with his disciples over the brook seedrawn a few hundred years before. Absalom, this is an account of Absalom's conspiracy. It was when David was being pursued by his son. Absalom wanted to be king. He wanted the kingdom. He wanted to be the boss. And he did not want to wait until his daddy died. He wanted it right now. And he went behind the back of God's king, of God's prophet. And he said all the things he would do better than David. Man ain't changed one lick. Say nice things to your face and then go behind your back and sow discord and sow conspiracies and sow doubt and put question marks on God's people. He went behind his back. He said, I'll do all these things better than than daddy does. He goes, when I'm in office, I'll do people justice. The economy is going to be strong. (laughs) We're going to keep law and order in this town. You're going to be happy. You're going to have food in your pantry. He's a politician. (laughs) Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. He was kissing people. He went through and kissed them, and I thought, boy, he's running for office. He's trying not to get kicked out forcibly after he killed his father is what he's doing. But He was politicking, wasn't he? It says here in 2 Samuel 15, verse 10, But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. It'll be announced as soon as you know everything will be fine. You just wait for the sound of that trumpet. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called. And they went in their simplicity... They knew nothing at all. They, they, There's 200 with him, and they didn't really know what was going on. They didn't understand this. They was just, here's the head prince. <laughs> he said, go do this. Prince Harry said, go do these things. Well, okay. They went and did it. They were innocent in this. But verse 12 says, and Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite. That's David's counselor. David's right-hand man, his friend. His confidant. From his city. From Gillow, while he offered sacrifices, went down and got him out of church, and the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with absalom this this grassroots movement was growing, and there came a messenger to David saying, "The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom." Now look here at verse fourteen. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee, for we shall not escape from Absalom, make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. They came and told David, they said, Your Your son that you loved, you took care of, you provided for, and you you kept him when he was sick, and you you taught him how to play sports, how to throw baseball. You was with him and and raised him, and you loved him. Your your very flesh and blood that you spent so much time with is your enemy, and he's going to try to kill you. Later, they're going to tell him about his friend, Ahithophel. That's whenever he wrote Psalm 41. He said, Yea, my own familiar friend whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. That goes for both, doesn't it? That goes for Absalom and the Hithophel. That's a picture of Judas and our Lord. Isn't it? Just like in John 18. They're sitting there just waiting for Judas to show up. Lord, They didn't know, the disciples didn't know that, but the Lord did. He's in no hurry. He got there right on time, patiently waiting. David was being informed. He had to be told what was happening. Our Lord always knew what would come to pass, and it was his counsel to do so. It was his will. My pastor caught somebody's attention one time, and he said, don't you spend too much time feeling sorry for the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things are horrible events. It was on his will. He's the king. It happened because he wanted it to happen, and he was glorified in it. That's right. But David had to be informed, our Lord didn't. This is kind of an anti type, isn't it? David, David was so mighty. He was in good shape. He was bold to speak. He was handsome. He was a warrior. Our Lord came in the flesh, a triune God in a body, meek, long suffering, nothing about him physically that we would highly esteem in in his body or his possessions. Didn't own nothing, didn't own land. That first David, he said, let us flee, arise, let us flee. The second David said, arise, let us go, follow me. David's about to say, you all go and I'll come later. Our Lord said, I'll go. I'll go first. At first David, he was a father fleeing from his son to avoid wrath. That's what it is, isn't it? He was running away from Absalom, a father fleeing from his son to avoid wrath. Right there in John 18 in that garden after they crossed that brook, it was the second David, that's the son, purposefully going to his father to be made sin and bear wrath. You see the opposite there? David, that first one, he was escaping pain. He was escaping death. And that second David, he had set his face like a flint with joy. I'm sure King David was tore all to pieces, his sons after him. And now he's got to run. How are we going to feed everybody? And I'm tired. I've been up for three days. Tore all to pieces, wasn't he? Our Lord went to that cross for the joy set before him. Willingly he endured the cross, drinking every cup of wrath for his people. There in verse fourteen it says And David said unto his servants, all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, said Arise, let us flee For we shall not escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart. Hurry up. Lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us and smite the city with the edge of the sword. He said, make speed. Make speed. Our Lord went into that second garden and prayed. David said, hurry up. Grab what you can get and let's go. Our Lord had just got through praying his high priestly prayer. They went to Gethsemane and he said, sit down, I'm going to pray. Ain't no rushing praying. <laughs> I'm going to speak to the Father. Sit down. Y'all sit down. Stay awake with me and, and pray with me, but I'm going to go pray. He said, lest he overtake us suddenly, he might just pop out behind a tree. Christ waited patiently for Judas and his band to arrive. Half a battalion, there's 400 and 500 people or so as a band uh, coming over the hill. You'd hear him coming. Lord Hook, that was the time and the place and the moment that everything had been foreordained. This was that hour's kicking off right now. And he just sat down and said, Time for me to pray. Have a seat. Judas was coming. David scared to death. He said he might bring evil upon us. You think David knew his evil? I already am evil, David. Our Lord went to that garden and he put away sin. The events that took place that evening. He put away sin. He put away the accusations. He put away the accuser of the brethren. Crushed his head. He wouldn't worry about evil being brought on him. He's putting away evil. My evil as far as the east is from the west. Yours and David's. David was worried about the city falling. Said he might smite the city with the edge of the sword. Christ was about to eternally secure and raise his holy city. Zion. His kingdom. His bride. That's what he was doing. Look at the similarities and some of the difference between the people too, of Christ's people. Verse 19. 2 Samuel 15, 19. Then said the king unto Atea, the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Why are you coming with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king. You go back to Absalom. For thou art a stranger and an exile. Whereas thou camest but yesterday... Should I this day make thee go up and down with us? You just showed up. This is a picture of the youngest believer there is in the church of God. The, the one that the Lord just revealed himself as king to five minutes ago. He said, you just got here yesterday. I'm going to make you go where we go. One thing to wear a cross, another thing to bear it. I won't do that to you. Seeing I go, <clears throat> whither I may return now and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. You go home, go find you a place of safety and mercy and truth be with Lord be with you. we got a battle about to take place. going be some bloodshed. You don't need to be around for this. And Atiyah answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord, lowercase l, the king, lowercase k, you, David, as the Lord liveth, and as my king David liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. If you want to turn left, two books. Just before First Samuel is Ruth. This is something that rings true with the Old Testament believer and the New Testament believer. <laughs> From the old to the modern day, nothing changes. Lord, where you are, that's where I'm going to be. I thought of Ruth here. Naomi, they were down in Moab. Here in Ruth 1, verse 9. Naomi was trying to run him off. Her husband had died. Both her sons had died. She got two daughter-in-laws with her. And she said, just like David did to that servant, Ruth one nine. The Lord grant you that you may find rest. You go. Mercy and truth be with you. The Lord be with you. Each of you in the house of her husband. You're free. You're free. Go, verse fifteen. And she said she's speaking to Ruth. Speaking to Ruth, she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people, and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. I had two two daughters here I'm talking to. Both of them cried. Both of them hugged hugged them. We may look at this passage again next week whenever they sought Jesus. A whole bunch of people looking for a person named Jesus, ain't they? To so be like her. In verse 16, and Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, Then she left speaking unto her. She stopped trying to run her off. (laughs) How was she steadfastly minded? Ruth, she had a new mind in her. Let this mind be in you. That's the whole of you. That's a new creation. How was this servant of David so steadfastly minded to whether you live or die, I'm with the king. You're mine. You're my brother and my king and my uh, prophet. (laughs) We're in this together. I'll die with you. He had a new mind in him, didn't he? Our Lord spoke to his disciples. Look here in John 6. John chapter 6. Good for us to look at these things, and even if we're real familiar with them, it's some people learn by hearing, some people learn by reading, other people learn by doing, but if we do all three, it's better, isn't it? John 6, verse 60. John 6, verse 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? What was he saying? He goes, you want to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You're going to have to, I'm going to have to be the totality of your life for you to have life. Not, I ain't going to be the biggest part of your life. I have to be it in totalness. And they said, this is hard. Who can hear it? What are you talking about? You, you mean give up where I live? You mean give up my friends? Give up my way of life? My family? My mom and dad? My my church friends that we've been buddies for eons? He said, yeah. The totality is a person. That's salvation, isn't it? And they said, who can hear this? This is hard. And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? Does that offend you? What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It's the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, their spirit, their life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed and who should betray him. He knew those things. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. Stay with me. You have a life inside of you that must stay with him. <laughs> if that life ain't there, it's just, that's, that's a hard thing to understand. Y'all want to go golfing? Go back to the way things were. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Thousands, huh? And Jesus said to the twelve, "Will you go away also? You want to go too?" He wasn't chasing nobody in the parking lot, begging them to stay. What mankind would call the the worst ministry day in a ministry ever. Five thousand left, and he looked at those inner circle those that's been so close with him, said, you going to go too? Here's your chance. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. That's you. Live or die, it don't matter. We're knit, we're one. As the Father had prayed, or as, as Christ had prayed to the Father there in John 17, I pray that they're one like we're one. That's exactly what happens. That's what this looks like. I can't go nowhere. This is my life. A, a man that doesn't know the Lord one time, but knows me, and you're going to hear enough of it if you're around me long enough, uh, somebody said, well, what if you change your mind and you quit believing in God and you move all the way out there to San Diego? And he laughed out loud. He goes, that ain't going to happen. He said, I've been around him for 20 years. That ain't. Happen. I wish he was knit to that one. And it to his people, those that are the one with Christ, makes us family, don't it? Look back in 2 Samuel 15. 2 Samuel 15. Verse 22. And David said to Atteah, go and pass over. And Atteah the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him, the whole crew, and all the country wept with a loud voice. Oh, they cried. They took he said, Y'all go on, go. And they were leaving their king. They're leaving their brother. They're leaving their that sweet psalmist of Israel. That one that told them plainly about I've sinned against the Lord. <laughs> That's what some holier than now squeaky clean fella. He was just like us. And he knew God, and I wanted to be with him. And he says, Go. He's a king. We gotta listen to him. And they wept. They cried. All the people passed over, and the king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. That's the old way of spelling it. <laughs> That's the Hebrew. Sidron. Same stream. Same stream. They were crying going over, and he followed. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. <laughs> that first David said, Go and pass over. And then he followed them. He was—he wasn't no different than them. He was with them. That second, David cries, "Come, I've passed over. I'm the forerunner. He's the hope, the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered into that within the veil. He went into that place we weren't allowed into. He went into that holiness to that holiest of holies, the presence of God. That's the place he went to prepare for us reconciliation with the Father. We offended." Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And what's his word to us? Old or new? <laughs> come. Come on. Isaiah 55 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, go ye to the water. No, he said, come. Or <laughs> right, he took care of the waters. Come. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. I, if somebody's itching to die in this body, there probably ain't something right with them. Uh, naturally, I've never done that. Uh, I've never jumped out of an airplane. i never bungee jumped. There's things I haven't done that I just don't really want to do. I <laughs> don't like going to the dentist. <laughs> don't, I'm not really interested in that mode of death. Our Lord already died and he already raised. He's been He's conquered death. Oh, that's a... That's a brief thing. That's a lot of affliction. What if it's a whole bunch of pain for five years? That's nothing. That's nothing. That's all right. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be in a garden with him. Verse 30, 2 Samuel 15, 30. David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet. That's the Mount of Olives. And wept as he went up. He had his head covered and he went barefoot. And all the people that were with him covered every man his head. And they went up weeping as they went up. This is hallowed ground. Take your shoes off. I don't know if he entered into what was going to take place at that very spot on this earth. Not that that's in a, any different place to worship God than any other place, but powerful place, isn't it? Verse 31. And one told David while he's going up his hill barefoot, going to plead to God. One told David saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. You thought it was bad enough, your son. Now you're you counselor, your you very best friend. We have a friend that's closer than a brother. And this life may get whittled down until he's all we have left, and that's a good place to be. It's miserable in the flesh, and it's joyous in the spirit. They told David as he climbed this hill, his son's after, they said, your best friend, your counselor, your right hand, Ahithophel, He's among the conspirators. So David prayed. And David said, Oh, Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Oh, what he's doing. Make him see his foolish ways. Lord, deal with this friend of mine. Oh, we're already in. It's it's bad (laughs) enough already. Uh, You're teaching us a lesson, and I'm willing to learn. But Lord, please, just take, take a pressure off a little bit. And saved my friend. He liked him. Work in him or show him he's a fool. We're all fools, ain't we? Stand on our own, going against the Lord and his people. That's foolish, going against his word. He said, Be with him. Be with him. in Mark fourteen. John didn't record it out of the gospels. He was the only one that didn't, but our Lord stood in that exact same place where David prayed. For he was crying, and he had his shoes off and his head covered, and he prayed to the Lord, Turn the counsel of Ahithophel to foolishness. And he told those with him. He took them up there, and he said, Sit here while I shall pray. And he took Peter and James and John with him, and they began sore amazed and very heavy. And the Lord said to him, He said, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Stay right here. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This is in that garden right before Judas comes, John, Mark 14. And he went forward a little and he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible that the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Take us away. Out loud so we could understand the weight. When he said, Father, why, is you, why have you forsaken me? He knew exactly why the Father had forsook him. We needed to know that he was forsaken. Because that's us," he said. "Father, take away this cup from me." David prayed, "Turn the counsel of Ahithophel unto foolishness." And then our Lord said, Mark fourteen thirty six. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what Thou will. Or if it's possible, take if it's possible, take His cup from me, but not my will, Your will be done. Your will be done. Luke verse thirty two. End of verse 31. And David said, Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass, this wasn't in the same breath. You see that? A little bit later. Five seconds, five minutes, I don't know. But not in the same breath. It came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God. He worshipped God. How did he worship? Not what my will, but thy will be done. Have you ever prayed for something like, Lord, just let, let this utility <laughs> in our building be fixed so we can have services or or, or let me pay my rent this month or let, let one of my children do this or that or whatever, anything, big or small. And you ask for things and you go, I probably don't know what's right. I probably don't know what's good for me because I ain't got enough sense. That's just petitioning, right? Worship takes place after that. When you say, Lord, thy will be done. We're going to worship God. Father, glorify your name. Your will be done. Well, that ain't fancy enough. <laughs> God called it worship. When he worshiped, that's what he called worship. Father, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Back in John 18. i to show you one more thing. John 18, verse 1. Just one verse, but Lord show us, let us see and hear what was accomplished from this statement. There are no idle words. John 18, verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, everything told him that whole night from chapter 13, he went forth with his disciples. They were with him. Over the brook Seedron. Not scared. Not, boy, there's the best hope we got. <laughs> Let's put our eggs in this basket. Confidently. Where there was a garden. He was going to a place. A garden. Into which he entered. He, went, he didn't intend on going to the garden, he entered into it. And his disciples. Them with him. Those that were with him in the beginning, those that were with him. With him as he was born into this earth and he lived in this earth and he hung on that cross and he died and was raised again. Never changed. His people's always been with him, ain't they? Said he entered in and his disciples. On the word, the will, the command of the triune God, the Lord Jesus Christ, went for all of his disciples and with all of his disciples over the brook, entered the garden and us with him. In case we forgot, in a half a breath, us with him. There's some gardens. I'm going to work this a little bit backwards. There's some gardens mentioned by the Lord. The first one that came to mind was the one that he made. And he said, this is good. And he put Adam in it. And he said, we've made man. We took from his side, made woman. This is good. All the plants and animals and everything. He said, it's good. It's good. What happened in that garden? People want to give quizzes on TV to people on the street. Go ask them what happened in the garden. Man died. He didn't stub his toe. He didn't get his feelings hurt. Uh, he, he didn't limp a little bit. He died in the garden. Second garden, Gethsemane. That's where he gave himself, and we went free. We'll look at that next week. They said, you want me? You take me and you let these go. Substitution. <laughs> Liberation, freedom, restoration, and that was the second one. The third one, that's where there was proof of this accomplishment. We died in, in in Adam; we live in Christ. Well, how are we going to know? When's that payment going to take place? It Says in John nineteen, when they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloths with the spices, as the manner of the Jews was to bury. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. There was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher wherein was never man laid yet. We died in that garden. We live in Gethsemane's garden because he stood for us and drunk of that brook for us. I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's where he, he interceded for us and prayed for us, and then we were in that garden where that tomb was. We were buried with him. Where's he at now? we got an empty tomb. He's risen, isn't he? What's our garden right now? I'm on this earth. All my tomato plants for time. <laughs> I tried to grow a garden and can't. What kind of garden I got now? It says in Jeremiah 31. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock of the herd. And their soul shall be as a watered garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. That's when the Lord comes and waters his garden inside of you. He plows it. He plants his seed. He puts his water in it. He makes it to grow. And whenever that's what we're looking at, his work, his doing, his person, his accomplished work, there's no sorrow. What you said about The work's done, isn't it? How does that take place? He said, I'm the true vine, and my father's the husbandman. Where's the vine at in a garden? He does the work. What about that final garden? Song of Solomon five says, "I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. That's us." I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O ye friends. Drink ye, drink abundantly, O beloved. I've done all this. That's in you now. Have a glass of wine. Get you some honeycomb. Sit down. How is it that we are escaped from wrath and made pure, settled into the Lord's garden? Those that fell in that garden of of Eden, Adam, me, I, I fell a whole lot quicker. Uh, I fell in him. I fell in myself and conception and, and every lie I've told from, from there on and all the stuff I don't even know. How could how is it that I could be in His garden? How is it that He could be just and justify me? He drank of that brook because we could not. Look here at John eighteen verse one again. Remember these aren't idle. When Jesus had spoken these words, He went forth with His disciples over the brook Cedron, where was a garden. Into which he entered, and his disciples. That's the whole gospel, right? There. You know what that seed run was? Remember reading there in Psalm one ten. If you got a marker, you can look at it again. Psalm one ten. The Lord said to my Lord, and to completion of this, set thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power and the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. We, those, those people, David, they crossed that brook with tears, didn't they? Tears of weeping, uncertainty. We crossed that brook of the Jordan, <laughs> tears of joy. Precious in the, in the sight of the Lord's death of his saints, isn't it? The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. What a victorious and mighty king we have. Hopefully what we've, what we've been looking at, this won't be out of place anymore. Look at verse 7. How? How's this going to happen? How's he going to be my king? He's king. i want to be in his kingdom. You? Uh, He died for a people. I want to be that people. How is that right? He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore, shall he lift up the head. He's going to stoop down and drink of that brook. John didn't mention that. He didn't say that, did he? Bet you, Lord... Bent over and scooped that water up and drunk it as he stepped over it. They might not even seen him. They didn't even know it was happening. What was this brook? I talked about the garden first, but how are we gonna to get to the garden? You gotta go over the brook. What's this brook? Those names, Kidron and Cedaron, same thing. Same thing. One's Greek, one's Hebrew. Both of them mean darky, ashy, dusky, morning as in sad. Nasty water, ugly water—that's what it means. That's the same brook that King Josiah made all those polluted vessels be crushed and burnt, and all the ashes being scattered in there in Second Kings twenty-three. That's the same brook, same same little tiny stream that Hezekiah, when he was king, all that uncleanness he found in the house of the Lord—they carried it to that brook and they they put it in it and they burned it and they destroyed it in that waters. That's sin. Iniquity, self-righteousness, horrible things, isn't it? Some of the old writers, they pointed out the fact this brook, it was in the direct runoff from the temple. All the blood of bulls and goats that could not satisfy run through there. All the attempts that I had, that you had, of making God happy and indebted him to us, now he owes us something. That's what flowed through that little tiny creek. That little brook. Nastiness. Sin's what it was. Sin of his people. That had to be dealt with for me and you to go back to a garden. You see that? He had to drink of the brook along the way. And the head, Christ our head, had to be lifted. He's going to be exalted for doing such a thing. That toilet backing up this week. and The plumbing problems we had. Nasty. Nasty. (laughs) plumber was stalling. I've worked with a lot of people and I spot a good worker and a bad worker pretty quick. He's a pretty good worker and he was stalling. I knew exactly what he was doing. He was putting that off. He didn't want to fool with it and he just kept mumbling around. He said, that's an that's a ugly problem you got. That's an ugly problem you got and I just about couldn't stand being in the room. It was ugly. That was nasty. Black, dark, ashy, it looked like crude oil coming up out of there and smelled horrible. A stench in the nose and I thought, The Lord becoming sin for us, being made sin for us, being made me, is so much, infinitely worse than if I got a coffee cup, went and scooped that up out of there and took a drink out of it. You couldn't pay me. (laughs) You'd have knocked me out. That ain't a drop in the bucket to what that river represented. What that, 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 that cup of sin he was about to be made and that cup of wrath that goes hand in hand with it. The wages of sin is death. You can't have sin without death, and you can't have death without sin. The like sin's life. That's Christ. Mercy and grace. Can you distinguish the two? They go hand in hand. That's what that was a semi, a continuation of thought in 2 Corinthians 5. For he hath made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Well, it just says he passed over a brook and went into a garden with some people and those people were with him when he went to the garden. Yeah, it says a whole lot. <laughs> what an event. Our second David. The <laughs> one greater than David. Our king did for us. We can't even enter into. I thought about that. I was like, I wonder why John, maybe John didn't see. But they followed the Lord. He'd have been in front of them. But he ends... That gospel, he said, and there's so many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How many years do you think, and that's just what little bit he gave me this week. How many years do you think it'd take the Lord could expound on that and show himself in those scriptures? Like those two, the Road of the Mass? Did you know Cedron was key that's where Josiah was. That's where Hezekiah was. That's the same place. <laughs> that's where he chose from eternity past. I'm going to be sitting right there, praying to the Father. They're going to be sleeping, and that's when Judas is going to walk up. My field my Absalom, is going to come up right there, that same spot. Well, Lord willing, next week, we'll look at that betrayal and the substitution with it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, as you open that up to our hearts, what a what a king we have. And whether I live or whether I die, I'm going to be where he is. Lord, keep us. Thank you for that heart you put in your people to desire to be with your people and to be with Christ and worship him. Gather together and say, thy will be done. Lord, keep us there as you promised you will be. Thank you for this hour. Thank you for... The events of this week, thank you for our brethren and the trials, and thank you for our enemies, Lord. Make us pray for them, and they may be our brethren. Forgive us, Lord, of our sin. It's because of Christ only we approach your throne. Amen. All right, brother. Brother Mike.